Dynasty Decisions, episode number 102. We've done this 100 times. You guys know exactly what we do around here. We break down your Dynasty fantasy football teams. You submit your teams. You ask us questions. Should I contend? Should I rebuild? What do I do with my rookie picks? Grade my trades? All that stuff will be covered in today's video. If you guys are waiting on a free submission making the video, we are a little bit backed up with our Flocker and our Mother Flocker subscriptions right now. So we're trying to work through a bunch of episodes to try and clear out the queue for you guys. But unfortunately, it probably will be a little bit of a wait for those of you guys that submitted a free team. But before we get into it, Danny, how you doing? Doing well, doing well. And yeah, we're recording this right after Valentine's Day. You, you know, you spent a night in with the girlfriend, the boyfriend. You had a good time. Now it's ready to talk some Dynasty Fantasy Football as always. You guys submitted your teams. We'll try to help you guys reach your goals for this 2024 upcoming season. I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. Let's waste no more time and let's get right into the first team. All right, so we are going to kick things off with the first team here. This is from Corey Van, who is, a, I believe, a Mother Flocker, a Flocker tier subscription Mother over Flocker. on Flock Fantasy. And again, if you guys want your teams covered, the quickest way to do that is to head on over to flockfantasy.com. Over there, you'll get all of our rankings, plus you'll get first priority to these episodes. Make sure to use promo code FSE. So the team, 12 team, half PPR, four point per passing touchdown, one quarterback format. It's in rough shape, as you guys can see. Bryce Young, Aaron Rodgers, et cetera. Chase Brown, not really a whole lot going on at running back. Jaden Reed, Josh Downs, you know, these types of guys are usually dudes you want as like your wide receiver four or five, not as your wide receiver one, two. Tucker Craft, and not much else going on at tight end. You'd assume, you know, a lot of rookie picks in the bank, not a lot of highly valued rookie picks, at least. 112, 201, 202, 203, 207, 208, 209. So pretty much the entire second round, you're going to have the opportunity to take a lot of dart throws, but not a lot of high-end capital to add studs to a team that is desperately yeah. requiring studs right now. So Corey's team's in rough shape. He basically asks, for the last couple of years, I've drafted 16 second-round picks and traded players for other picks. The players I traded are doing well on other teams, mostly running backs, but I'm now done experimenting and he's ready to start competing. So the term, I'm ready to start competing, brother, you are far, far away from yeah. competing with this team. Yeah, and uh, the, the the quick note here is you said you drafted 16 second-round picks. At that point, you should have pushed them back a little bit more, try to consolidate a few down. And I, I, I know the reason why you have so many second-round picks. You should not be trading 24 first straight up for two early seconds. I want to address that right off the bat. One of the trades, I traded away a 24 first for two early 24 early, uh, seconds. You have all the seconds in the world here. You, like you need first round capital to be able to move and parlay into 2025 first plus, 2026 first plus. We'll get into the trade. You traded away your 2026 first round pick, but I got to keep it real with you, man. Like this team is not in position to be trading away your 26 first round pick. Yeah, exactly. He said, what will these picks get me this year? Or should I try and trade them for quality players that will at least get me into the playoffs? You really have to switch your mindset with this team. Yeah. This is a team that's a long-term rebuild. Your goal should be collecting high-value assets, not just dart throw assets like second-round yeah. picks. Because even though it's great that you have all these twos, 201, 202, 203, those are going to be good players. They're going to be contributors yeah. for your team. But it's not like you can just quickly flip the switch on this team and you're going to have suddenly a contender. Because I would imagine you have the worst quarterback core in your league. I would imagine you have the worst running back core in your league. I would imagine you have the worst wide receiver core and tight end core in your league. You need a full reset for this roster. You need to be hitting on high-value rookie picks. And it doesn't look like you have your own 2025 first unless you're just projecting that it's actually going to be mid. But I can tell you right now it will not be mid. And then 2026 first, like you said, you traded it away already. So I would go after your own first rounders in the next coming draft classes. And you're not married to anything. Anybody on your team that you can get value for, you can sell Jaden Reed off for maybe uh, Jaden Reed plus a 208 gets you a first round pick in 2026 or something like that. That's what I'd be looking to do because you are far, far away from competing with this team. What you need to be focused on right now is collecting high value assets, especially in one quarterback leagues. Depth players, second round picks are not nearly as valuable as they are in you know, one, uh, a super flex league or a league where you can start a lot of players. It's a start 10, it's four flexes. So depth matters a little bit more, but you're, you're pretty far away with this thing. Yeah. And I, I got to address this right now too. I mentioned the, the 24 first trade for the two early seconds. You can't keep making these type of trades, man. Giving away first round capital for a couple seconds is just how you end up with a lot of mid, to be quite honest. Like you have all these second round picks, say four of them hit. 
Well, guess what? The caliber of hit of hitting on the 108 is much different than the caliber of hit on hitting on the 208. Like, there's a big difference in terms of valuation. I just feel like trying to trade one first-round pick for two seconds is not the way you got to go. If you're going to trade that first-round pick, it should be for a 25-1-2. It should be for a 26-1-2. Just try to get another first-round pick plus an extra piece back. I just feel like you rush these trades. There's no reason to be making these deals at this current point of the offseason. If you're going to trade away that 24 first, say it was the 108, 109, you can't do it before the NFL draft, before you know what's even going to be available at that pick. Yeah, and uh, addressing some of the trades that he ended up making here, it looks like he made all of these during the season. He trades away Sam LaPorta and Michael Mayer for two firsts, a second, and a third. At face value, this isn't bad. I mean, you got two ones, a two, and a three for, for Sam Laporta, who's the dynasty tight end one, and Michael Mayer is probably a top 10 dynasty tight end. <laughs> Given your team's situation, you weren't really ready to compete. I would have been fine holding both of these guys because they're high-value tight ends. But getting two ones out of it, that's a pretty solid move. Very, very, very sharp move. Uh, getting that, uh, getting two ones, a two, and a three, you're, you're, you're packaging two tight ends that realistically in your window right now are, aren't going to help you put up points because, like, we got to be honest here. Like, you're not competing. You're trying to rebuild. You're trying to uh, appreciate some value on this team because realistically at this point, from a pure production standpoint – like I, I have trouble seeing this lineup get even 80 points, 100 points in a single week. Yeah, for sure. And uh, another trade that you ended up making on uh, the 22nd of November, he trades away Cole Komet, Tank Bigsby, and Tajay Spears for 2-2 Atwell, a second and two-thirds. Again, it's Solid. kind of just a nonsense trade. It looks like your strategy is to accumulate like volume of, of capital, volume of assets. Yeah. And in a format where you you need, it's one quarterback, you need high value assets. That's just not really the route that I would go. I would much rather Agreed. sell Cole Komet, Tank Bigsby, and Tajay Spears if people are thinking that's you know good to buy those players for a singular first round pick. You know what I mean? Yeah, like if you could have packaged it up to a one, obviously. I, I don't hate the value uh, from a face value standpoint because I mean, you equate Spears to a, to a two. I, I think he's worth more than a two in a one quarterback league. Yeah, I, I mean, I would agree. I'm just kind of like, at least elaborating on the sense of this deal. Uh, the only problem that I have though, is if your goal was to try to compete, like it doesn't make sense when you sold Spears. Like that's, that's what I'm kind of misaligned. Like if you were going into this with my mindset, like clear house, you got to push your picks back. You got to accumulate value. That's one thing, but you saying you're done experimenting and are ready to start competing. This deal doesn't indicate that to me. Yeah, absolutely. And then this other deal here, Kyron Williams, two thirds and a second for the 201, a 2026 first, second and fourth. At face value, you don't have a huge yeah. problem with this deal. But again, in a one quarterback league, Kyron Williams actually has a decent amount of value. I would have wanted at least a first and a second for him in one quarterback format with one of those first potentially having an opportunity to be early to mid. So again, selling off some of the volume of assets that you got there with the two thirds of the second to get like a better second and then a future first, not a terrible move. But again, I, I still think you know, trading rationale wise, you, you really need to get clear on what your goals are and what you're trying to do with this team. And in our opinion, this is the type of team that that one twelve comes up on the board and somebody in your league is really excited about a player and they're willing to give you a 26 first and second for it. I'm moving that pick that two Oh two comes up on the board and somebody's going to give you the two Oh six plus their second and 2025 for that pick. I'm moving that pick. Like I'm selling off for volume, but also for high caliber volume in the future Anybody on my roster right now that I can get good value for, I would probably do that. And it's very clear to me that you just spent all these second round picks on guys like Jaden Reed and Josh Downs. And they've been hits technically for second round picks, but they're not good enough to propel you into a competing window. Yeah. And I've talked with you uh, before, Corey, like you've talked to, uh, we've talked about the rookie class on coming, like what should I do with my picks? And I've helped you with like potentially identifying some players with the picks, but with the total surface level of this roster, man, like you should be spending at most probably two or three of these picks. Like realistically, anytime I'm on the clock, like Corey said, the pick is up for auction. You want to offer me a 26, one and two done deal. That's your one twelve. You want to offer me, fuck. I don't even know if 27 picks will be available, but if they wanted to offer me a 27, one, two off my team, like you have to go back into value accumulation mode, because to be honest, man, the value of this roster, like if we went on dynasty daddy, it has to be the worst roster on your league and it shouldn't be close. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's pretty clear what we think of the team right now. I think Corey's probably in his position For now sure. where he's got to reset his expectations, understand that you're very far away with this team. It's going to be a long-term productive struggle, as they call it. So that is the direction I would go with this team. And again, feel free to reach out to us if you have any other questions. Yeah. So um, Ryan, games. the next team that we're going to talk about here, he has a 12-team 
full PPR lineup format, six point per passing touchdown, half tight end premium, super flex league. So a little bit deeper format here with Lamar Jackson, two as the top quarterbacks, David Montgomery, ETN, Dobbins, Jerome Ford, and some others at running back, Alave, T Higgins, Christian Watson, Jahan Dotson, Khalil Shakir, Pop Douglas, Elijah Moore. So, um, you know, deeper wide receiver core with some question marks there. And then Chigakonkwo is his main tight end, but he does have a good amount of draft capital here. 106, 108, 206, 212. 302, 306, 406, and uh, other picks there, including an extra second rounder in 2025. He does say it's an IDP league as well. His IDP um, core is solid with a lot of up-and-coming players. He kind of just missed the playoffs in his first season. He didn't make any moves yet after the startup. I believe the startup would have been last year probably, as he kind of felt like it was a house money type of team. Maybe that wasn't the right approach with this team. What are your thoughts? And then we'll get into some of his actual questions here about how this team is built. Yeah, so you're solid at quarterback there, having a, a clear hammer with Lamar Jackson, a quarterback too with a ton of upside with Tua Tungabailoa. You're solid at running back there. I'm assuming they probably fell in your draft. You scooped up Montgomery, you scooped up ETN, you scooped up, uh, you know, Dobbins. Obviously, it's unfortunate what happened to him, but, you know, you're supplementing at running back. I like the top two wide receivers and the I like the core as a whole. But I think you need a more proven option than Christian Watson to be your third wide receiver, considering the fact that you, you can start up to six per week in a start 11 league. So right off the bat, you have that 106 and the 108. You need a tight end because you have a Conquo. You could go Romo Dunze or Brock Bowers at the 106. And then at the 108, add a guy like Brian Thomas Jr. Or add a guy, you know, whatever first round wide receiver goes to the Chiefs, goes to the Bills. Like there's a lot of quality wide receivers in this class. Taking the one with the first round capital at the 108 is going to be able to help this core because realistically, like you add a couple wide receivers and you had a solidified tight end. I think you're right on the house money trajectory to potentially compete. Yeah. And the underrated thing about this class that we're going to start to understand more as we go through the process is that 106, 108 range. I mean, based on the way people are talking about Drake May lately, maybe you have an opportunity to draft Drake May at 106 or worst case scenario, the way that people are talking about JJ McCarthy lately, maybe that's going to be the range 106, 108, 107 area where somebody's willing to trade up with you to go and get a quarterback and maybe you can trade down, get the 110 plus a second and a second next year or something like that to be able to do something like that. So, I mean, you've recognized kind of you're in a house money uh, year. You're looking to still accumulate assets probably ideally walk out of this rookie draft with let's say Brock Bowers at 106 and you know your favorite wide receiver four in this class maybe it's Xavier Worthy it's Brian Thomas Jr it's Troy Franklin whatever guy gets good draft capital and landing spot that would be my strategy if I was sticking and picking at 206 and 212 right. you could also potentially address your tight end position with Jatavian Sanders at one of those picks or you could just continue throwing darts at running back and wide receiver and because it's an IDP league too that 302 and 306 become a little bit more, more valuable, valuable. So you have the capital to be able to add more pieces to this offense and to this roster. I would consider potentially seeing what you can get for Tua Tungabailoa on the open oh. market. And maybe you can use Tua plus the 106 to move up for a stud quarterback. Or maybe you can use Tua plus the 106 to move up a little bit in the rookie draft. Maybe mm -hmm. somebody is at 104. They're not in love with Drake May. They're not in love with Jaden Daniels. And you can trade Tua and 106 for um, you know, 104 plus a stud wide receiver or plus another first round pick in a future class or something like that. That would be something that I would maybe experiment with. But again, as I look at this roster right now, it's all about asset accumulation. If you wanted to as well, you could see what you can fetch on the open market for your running backs, knowing that you're not quite ready to compete yet. Yeah, and I mean, the other the other way you can go is if somebody's willing to offer you some value for the 108, let's just say they give you a mid-projected 25-1-2, and two, then at that point, then you'll have more assets to be able to cash in uh, at the trade deadline or, I mean, during the season, like if you don't have a trade deadline. If you can turn the 108 into, like I said, 20-25 mid-first and second in this type of league, I would absolutely uh, experiment in going that. Because again, I feel like you have a good amount of depth on this team, especially considering that you said your IDPs are strong. Having two two first round picks, three second round picks banked opens you up to potentially make a hammer move. Yeah, the one thing I will say about this class versus next year's class, as opposed to just like, hey, you know, anytime you're after the 108, 109, 110, 111, just punt for a future first and get a second on top of it. I will say this class is really deep. And I, I, oh, I think it's sure. possible that the 108, 109, 110, 111 type of assets are going to be like 106, 105. 107 type of assets in next year's class. I agree. So this is the one year where I, I do feel like it's not the bog standard advice, just punt it to next year. Agreed. Of course, guys are going to emerge in the 2025 class and so on and so forth. But I will say that's like usually a canned piece of advice that everybody always says. And I, I will say this class is one that I'm actually okay just sticking and picking and spending those picks. 
Yeah, and I, I will add to that. Obviously, it's just based on relative value. Like if somebody's right. willing to give you like maybe 26, one and two, you want like a three on top. If they're willing to do that type of deal, uh, like you said, this this draft does uh, compare more favorably. But at the end of the day, we know that liquidity is going to be able to stick. And if you're dangling around two ones, three twos and two threes at the deadline, and let's just say, I don't know, Jamar Chase somehow becomes available because he gets banged up during the year and you can capitalize on that type of move. It puts you in a position having that liquidity that some other players in your league simply can't match. Yeah, for sure. That makes some sense. Uh, looking at some of the trades he made, it looks like on uh, the 23rd of September, so right around the time that J.K. Dobbins would have gotten injured, um, Gus Edwards probably had a couple good games. He sells off Gus Edwards for a second-round pick. Again, in a house money situation, you take those moves anytime you can get them. Uh, I did something similar. I sold off A.J. Dillon for a second-round pick around the same time of the year. I sold off Josh Kelly for two-thirds. Like That's what you're doing when you're in a house money window. You luck into a guy on your roster that becomes a valuable running back. You sell him off your team. And to be honest, I would have sold Jerome Ford as well. Well, given how valuable he was towards the back half of the season. Same goes even for a guy like uh, Chase Brown. And when he started to pop up, I might've considered selling him as well. So a uh, pretty good move there. I definitely like that move. And then Gardner Minshew, you sold off for 2-2 Atwell, a fourth, fifth, and sixth. Again, it's an IDP league. So maybe that's the area of the draft that you'd be drafting IDP players, yeah. or maybe you can get better value at that point. Gardner Minshew isn't really worth anything. So I'm totally <laughs> fine with that move. Yeah. I mean, in an IDP six round rookie draft, like I guess maybe this was probably made when uh, I mean, it definitely was made 11-14 uh, there when uh, Gardner Mitchell was a starter for the Colts. So maybe that guy was competitive team. He's like, whatever, take take my late picks. I really don't care. He probably and lost Herbert or Watson or somebody like that. And or even A-Rich. Get a quarterback. Yeah, or A-Rich. Like, he probably just wanted a guy that he could put in his super flex spot or whatever. For sure. For sure. No, I agree. Uh, sharp moves, though. I mean, being able to cash out on Gus Edwards and Gardner Minshew and turn it into four picks. And although I'm not high on 2-2 Atwell, like, is there really a difference in asset at this point between Tutu Atwell and Gardner Minshew? No, probably not. And I think you have a lot of numbers at wide receiver, which bodes well for you. Hopefully one of, you know, Watson, Dotson, Moore, Shakir, Pop Douglas can turn into something a little bit more significant for you. Plus, I mean, Mims and some of the other guys that you have down there, they're not totally useless guys either. So um, the key for me is like, I would love to try and secure some more hammers, whether it's at other like quarterback or at wide receiver or whatever. So whatever you can maybe maneuver to, I would also explore the possibility of using the 106 plus some of your other future or like lower picks there, 206, 212, 302, 306, seeing how much further up you can get up the board to maybe secure a Malik neighbors or a Marvin Harrison or one of the quarterbacks or something yeah. like that. So it, like if all it costs you from, you know, to get to 106 to 104 is 106, 206, 302, and a future third, like I would 100% do something like that. Because sometimes some people are just looking for volume and you throw a, an offer at them with like three picks in it. They get excited about the prospect of drafting the next Pukunaku or drafting the next Tank Dell or whatever. And we know inherently that those picks don't usually hit at that high of a rate. And they're just kind of assigning one range of outcomes to that pick. So that's the last thing I would do with this team. But overall, I think we could probably uh, move on to the next one here, which is um, from AJ here. Let me pull up the, the classic. team. Yeah, AJ is a classic submitter to Dynasty Decisions. He has listed here a 12-team PPR, six-point per passing touchdown, half tight end premium. Superflex league with Deshaun Watson as his only real quarterback. Roshan, Chase Brown, Kendra, Tank Bigsby at running back, Justin Jefferson, Amon Ra, and others at wide receiver. And then um, Sam Laporta as his main tight end there. So, I mean, he says this team is just terrible, honestly. Not sure what to do from here is his only real comment on this team. He does have 103 and 111 this year. And then it looks like an extra first in 2025 as well. I would say it, this is a rough team. I mean, you have some stud assets like Justin Jefferson, Amon yeah. Ross St. Brown, Sam Laporta. Nine too. John, yeah, I mean, like there's guys that are valuable for sure. It's just it's problematic that you don't have the the volume of assets. Like if you had 103, yeah. 111, four seconds, five thirds, three extra seconds and an extra first on top you can of back the one that you depth. already have next yeah. year, that would be perfect. You just backfill all of your assets. You spend those picks, you move up where you need to. And Bob's your uncle. You build around Justin Jefferson, Amon Russ St. Brown, Sam Laporta, and so on and so forth. But the problem is here, you need a lot and you only have a couple assets to do it. So the takeaway for me would be, try and see what you can get on the open market for some of your assets, whether it's Jefferson, St. Brown, Laporta, or it's the rookie picks and you want to trade down in the rookie draft or, you know, punt for future rookie picks or whatever. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's clear you do need more starting assets because if we're fielding a full start nine lineup, 
I mean, your quarterback two is going to be Jacoby Brissett. Your running back one and two is probably just what Roshan Johnson and Chase Brown slash Zach Moss. Your wide receivers, yes, you're going to have Jefferson and Amonra, but outside of that, you're not going to be able to fill your flexes. And then at tight end, you have Sam Laporta, Cole Komet, like a, a really good, a really solid uh, tight end core. And as much as I love Sam Laporta, that's going to be the first one I, I, I experiment in potentially moving, knowing that you have to refill at the flex spots, knowing that it's a start nine, knowing that you need a quarterback. Can you capitalize on Sam Laporta and a tight end premium and get maybe early third round startup type of value? Yeah, if you can walk out of uh, Sam Laporta with a mid first in 2024 and, you know, two seconds in 25 and 26 or whatever, then I'm totally fine doing something like that. Again, Jefferson, St. Brown, it, it sucks when you have, because I've had roster, I have rosters like this too, where yeah. you have a couple absolute superstars. Studs and duds but you have no other assets to fill out the rest of your roster and you don't have any depth whatsoever. It's not like you have like the team that we looked at previously with like Dotson, Elijah Moore, Shakir, Pop Douglas. It's like those guys aren't superstars, but at least they're good enough that you could use them. If you were trying to compete in a competitive window, you could throw them into your flex. They have some value in a trade. It's like you have Jefferson St. Brown, maybe Quentin Johnston that have value in a trade in your wide receiver core. You have you know, random ass running backs that maybe have value in a trade, but none of them are actual stars. So this is the tough thing. And also on top of that, it's a super flex league and Deshaun Watson's your only quarterback. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. But we can look into some of these deals real quick. Uh, his notes are literally, this team is just terrible. Honestly, not sure what to do from here. Honestly, like you could, like you're not in that bad of a spot. You have stud assets. And if you're able to play your cards right, you're going to be able to backfill. The beauty of this league is that it's a start nine and having those assets already put you ahead of the eight ball. Unfortunate thing is some of these deals uh, don't really look too great for you. You sent away Kyron Williams for the 109. You made this deal on February 2nd, 2024. And to be honest, man, like just hold Kyron in this spot, I would say. Like the 109 is just not a, a, not an enticing enough price for me to give up Ky Kyron at this point. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think thought process there for uh, AJ is probably like get off of Kyron before they add somebody. I would imagine, but at the I same guess, time, but... like, I mean, if Kyron goes into the season with the role that he currently has, and I don't see a reason why they would add somebody significant, at least maybe a day three running back or whatever, then Kyron Williams should be worth more than the 109. You should be able to get closer to the redraft season when people are looking for production. He yeah. would be a good, you know, 2025 first, 2025 second, maybe a 2026 second on top of that. You should be able to get a good amount of value for yeah. Kyron Williams. So at face value, I don't think there's a terrible trade. I just think you maybe panicked and jumped the gun a little bit on what you uh, what you wanted for Kyron Williams there. This next deal, I just disagree with entirely, to be honest. Like Deontay Johnson, 104 and 109, those are three pretty good assets. 104 and 103, like the difference is not, it's negligible. It's like, if you're looking for a quarterback, you should be able to get one. If you're looking for neighbors, you should be able to get them there. Maybe your thought process is I want Marvin or whatever the case is. Giving up assets for better assets is not the team's position that you're in right now. Like your goal is volume of assets, not better yeah. assets the only issue i have right and i feel like this stemmed from his january 30th deal which we'll get into in a second what i'm assuming happened is he had the 104 he was planning on taking malik neighbors then he saw justin jefferson was available and he's like i can't pass up trading on justin jefferson trades kyler trades jordan Addison, trades the 2025 late two to go get jefferson well at that point you have the 104 Oh my God, I just traded Kyler. I need a quarterback. Let me go trade up and make sure I get Drake May. You end up losing Deontay Johnson out of it. Yeah, I just, I think when you're in a position when you have like a lot of assets and you're looking for studs and and that these are the types of deals that you make. Like Kyler Murray, Jordan Addison, a late second was the next deal that he made, or I guess yeah. in chronological Reverse order, he order made yeah. it first. But Justin Jefferson for that price tag, I think that's probably about fair for Justin Jefferson. Agreed. I think he's probably worth that. It's just you're not in a position to go out and buy a guy like Justin Jefferson, in my opinion. So what I would do instead now is reverse course and sell Justin Jefferson, if you can, for a number of assets, if that's possible in your league. But it's possible that people are worried about Kirk Cousins and he's not really worth that much right now. So I'm fine holding him for the time being until we kind of know what his situation looks like. Yeah, for sure. And then maybe your thought process here is uh, in the Deontay and on the Jefferson's like, I'm going to consolidate these couple guys and I'm going to make sure my 2025 first is early. But I mean, to be honest with Jefferson, with Amonra, with La uh, Laporta until you sell them, hopefully, and with potentially whoever you take at the 103, like you're not going to be able to get like the 101 or the 102 with this team. In a start nine format, you have too much firepower, I would say. This is probably more so a team that projects for the 
higher end of the lottery, if you will. If you say the bottom three teams and the top three teams are the ones that don't make the playoffs, I'd probably put you in the 104 to 106 range. Yeah, because the value over replacement of some of your assets are yeah. just, it's too strong. And you have enough bodies at running back who could just fall ass backwards into production that could screw you really out of getting um, a high pick. So again, what I'd be looking to do with this team is collecting more assets. If you can sell off Roshan Johnson for a second round pick, even if you're high on Roshan yeah. Johnson, I think you have to do it. If you can sell off Kendra Miller for the same price tag, I think you have to do it. If you can sell off some of your big boys, Justin Jefferson, Amonra, Laporta, Deshaun Watson, especially because he's a riskier hold, then I would probably look to do that because your goal is volume of assets right now. You're trying to hit on your rookie picks. That's that's how you're going to build out a monster. You're hitting on your rookie picks, not necessarily like going out and buying buy lows like Justin Jefferson right now. Yeah, I mean, the, the first order of business, you mentioned Jefferson, you mentioned Amon, or before I even remotely consider selling those guys, sell a Sam Laporta. Like he's he's got to be the guy you sell because if you think about it from the tight end standpoint, yes, he's the dynasty tight end one right now, but he was a second round rookie pick, man. You, you throw darts at that position when you're a rebuilder and you hope to appreciate that type of value. You did that last year. You hit on Sam Laporta. Now it's time to cash out when he's could potentially go for two first round picks or he could potentially go for a first, a solid player in a second. Like that's the type of market value that Sam Laporta is worth right now. And as much as I love him, it's hard for me in this situation not to sell him. Yeah, and I think Watson sticks out to me as a guy I would absolutely look to sell as well because you strip that production from your team. And in addition to that, he's a riskier asset and he's a little bit older. So he would be the actually, Laporte is not the guy I would sell first. Watson would be the guy that I would sell yeah, first. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And if no, you can, uh, if you can swap him, if people are like not interested in Watson, like the, the whole experience that comes with him, maybe you take a risk and you swap him straight for Bryce Young and hope that Bryce Young as a younger quarterback can develop into somebody that you can build around who's not going to give you the production maybe that Watson will give you now. Or better yet, if a team's ready to compete and you can throw Watson in the Laporta package and say, hey, uh, if I give you Watson too, how much would you add? And you can get... Let's just say with Laporta alone, it's uh, a 25-1 and two twos. And if you add Watson, they're like, yeah, I'll give you two 25-1s and a two. Like if it upgrades your package for Laporta, you may as well just throw Watson in there at this point. Take Drake May at the 103. I'm assuming that's why you made this type of move. And then realistically, you add one young quarterback for the long term. You could really turn this thing around in the start nine. Yeah, and you could always maneuver off of your rookie picks, trade down. Uh, I wouldn't suggest trading up at this point because you don't really have the uh, the luxury of Assets. doing that. But if at 103, you know you know Drake May is going to be there at 105 because that's where his market value ends up and somebody wants to trade up for Jaden Daniels, you could always make moves like that, pick up some extra capital and still get your quarterback or still get neighbors or whatever you're okay doing. So, I mean, AJ has been a follower of ours for a oh, long yeah. time. I'm sure he's going to have some fun with this roster, even though it's in yeah. a little bit of rough shape right now. So let's move on to the next team here from Naheem. And it looks like this is a a theme of the video. The first thing he has listed here is I made some terrible trades a lot that I regret. So we'll look at the trades in a second. It's a 12 team half PPR, uh, one hey. quarterback league. So not very real much quick. value uh, value on the quarterback position. What's up? Sorry. I was just going to say real quick for those in the comments that always say, Oh, all these stacked rosters submitting to DD. Like you guys just want to flaunt your teams. This is the episode for you, man. Like there are some moves to make. We're outlining a plan of structure. And I mean, a lot of these teams, no sugarcoating, are going to have to be active on the market. So you can continue. I just have to interject with that before, you know, comments are like, oh, all these teams are stacked because they're not this video. Yeah, no, no. We definitely have episodes where a lot of the teams are stacked. This is not one of them. Uh, Joe Burrow, Bryce Young is the top quarterbacks is a one quarterback league. So that's all you need. Uh, nothing really yep. going on at running back outside of Jalen Warren and Zach Charbonnet. Uh, Jamar Chase is the main wide receiver there with Jane Reed, Jordan Addison, Flowers. JSN. Zay Flowers, uh, Dontavian Wicks, Mike Williams, a couple other dudes there. TJ Hawkinson as the main tight end with Kate Otten in reserve, 102, 106, and 110 in a one quarterback format. So you hope to add Malik Neighbors to this team and uh, potentially a 106, add some other talent and 110, same thing. So again, he said he made a lot of terrible trades, a lot that he regrets. He says, I think I should do one more year of rebuilding or maybe push to contend. He said, not sure which pieces to trade for. The league is transitioning to a super flex format in 2025. That makes your 106 and 110 specifically quite interesting because if you can get Caleb Williams or even any of the quarterbacks really at the 106 to 110 range, up. those become definitely a, a, a appealing to you because you're actually not in a position to compete until 2025. Yeah. Knowing that it's a 12 team start eight league, you have to be prioritizing getting another quarterback. Cause guess what? Once that goes to a start nine super flex, those quarterbacks, if you can get a couple hammers can just carry your lineup to contending. To be honest, you add Joe Burrow and let's just say at the one Oh six Caleb or Drake or Jaden fall to you. 
Well, then at that point, it's like, okay, well, when it goes to Superflex, I'm going to have Joe Burrow and I'm going to have Drake May and you guys are going to be fucked. Yeah, I wouldn't get too cute and hope that like Caleb falls to 110. If he's there at 106, Agreed. I would just pick him, to Agreed. be honest. Agreed. No, I would agree yeah. as well. You're adding Malik at the 102 right off the bat. Uh, the other move that I would consider is you have a lot of young upside wide receivers. And given that even when it's super flex, it's going to be a start nine format. It, it, it's like the reverse of what we've been saying for some of the other teams where they have to accumulate assets. I don't mind trying to consolidate assets with this team, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think it's a, a terrible idea to potentially punt picks to 2025 as well, knowing that yeah. it's going to be the first year of a super flex too. Like if you could sell Jaden Reed right now for two 2025 seconds and another upside wide receiver, that's going to give you more power, uh, firepower in the 2025 class yeah. when it's actually a super flex format to make those picks a little bit more valuable. So buying 2025 picks is something that I would 100% consider with this team, knowing that once it transitions to super flex, those picks are going to gain some value. But I mean, you have a nice shell here. You got a lot of good oh, yeah. wide receivers. You got one very good quarterback and another guy that's, you know, good upside, perfect quarterback three once it goes to a super flex format. And two of your running backs actually have some real liquidity to, to gain value during the season that you can maybe cash out for a future first like if Najee Harris went down I think you could get a one for Jalen Warren if, if uh Kenneth Walker went down I think you could get a one almost already for Zach Charbonnet and TJ Hawkinson once he recovers from his injury should be a lockdown tight end for you so you have a lot of flexibility with this team that 102 oh, yeah. like I said you know Malik Neighbors, Marvin Harrison whatever guy is there 106 hopefully one of the quarterbacks is there for you in 110 I mean if would you be opposed to 106 taking Caleb Williams 110 Drake Mayer Jane Daniels I mean, if the value falls that way, <laughs> just thank your league mates at that point, to be quite honest. 2025, like that's literally just right after the season, you will be transitioning into a super flex. If they are not prepared to get ahead of the eight ball quarterback, well, guess what? If you get elite needle moving assets in the start nine super flex and you have two players with Joe Burrow and with quarterback X that can legitimately give you 25 points per game. Uh, it, it's a six point. Okay. It's a four point. So 20 points per game. Then at that point, it's like, okay, well your league mates are going to start realizing the quarterback value and they're going to realize, Oh fuck. How did we let, you know, Drake may fall to him at the one ten? How did we let Jaden Daniels fall to him at the one ten? And not to mention if Bryce young hits on top of this, like you're going to have four quarterbacks that you can leverage one for elite difference making flex pieces. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, definitely get ahead of the eight ball with the super flex transition, given the team situation that you're in. He does have a couple trades here that we can recount. Uh, Mike Evans, AJ Brown, and a, a 20, 24 second or two seconds maybe is what he has listed here for JSN and a late one is what he has listed on June 9th, 2023. So this was before JSN's yeah. rookie season. Yeah. And I, I, you regret it. That's fine. You owned up to it. Everybody makes mistakes, but I mean, we, we can just talk about how it is. Like, obviously this deal didn't work out for you. Yeah, if you were a huge JSN truther, I don't think this was a horrible package to pay, although I would have definitely argued that A.J. Brown was more valuable than JSN, regardless of what you thought of JSN coming out of school. And Mike Evans in two seconds, or Mike Evans in one second, even for a late first, I would prefer Mike Evans in the second rounder. Yeah, and like you said, even if you equated Mike Evans in the two twos to the late one, like there was no way that JSN was going to be ranked ahead of A.J. Brown for us, but... I mean, we've seen it out there. Some people had it. So, uh, I mean, if you were high on JSN, I could see this type of deal being made and it ends up making being made. Yeah, and it doesn't help you that Evans and AJ Brown just went nuclear this year and yeah. were wide receiver ones. So that definitely didn't help you because you could have sold those guys for much more value oh, if yeah. you wanted to. Uh, it looks like you also sold Christian Watson for Jordan Addison. That was a great Super move. Sharp. Uh, that definitely worked out for you. And then uh, Hendon Hooker and a Same third deal. for Bryce Young, also a great move. I don't know how you made this on June 21st. I don't know how they were this low on Bryce Young that you got him before his rookie season. Like I, I th it didn't work out for you that Bryce Young didn't really hit, but it was he still the won the deal that he had a CJ Stroud rookie season. Like if if you had done this for CJ Stroud, that would have been absolutely ridiculous. Well, can we talk about the fact that Bryce Young had as bad of a rookie season as he did, and you still demolished this guy on this deal? Like, let's talk about that in this potential super flex transition. Only having to upgrade from Hendon Hooker in a 2024 third to pay to get Bryce Young and upgrading from Christian Watson to Jordan Addison in the same package. Sign me the hell up. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if this was two different trades or not, but regardless, either one, I like them individually. And then it looks like you sold Tank Dell off on November 9th for a second. By November 9th, we kind of knew that Tank Dell was a little bit of the real deal. So I think you probably sold low on Tank Dell there. Marvin Mims and Demario Douglas for Jalen Warren. I actually don't mind that move. I, I don't think that either of those two wide receivers are needle movers. And uh, Jalen Warren could be a needle moving asset at running back 
given uh, any kind of workload. And at the very least, I think we're talking about like RB3, RB2 production next year that you can maybe sell off into a future second or whatever. So I don't, I don't mind that move either. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, overall, I think you're in a good position with this team. You have ample wide, wide receiver depth. Again, if you can attack the quarterback position, getting ahead of the curve, knowing that it's uh, transitioning to super flex in 2025, on top of potentially by 2025, adding another hammer running back or two, I really think you can compete with this team. I really do think it's well-structured. And like I said, you have one more uh, quarterback starting in your super flex that can give you 20 plus points per game. Your, your league mates are going to be pretty mad that they let Caleb Williams fall to 106, hypothetically. Yeah, for sure. And maybe that maybe they're smarter than that. And we were maybe. not giving them enough credit. But regardless, at 106, if Caleb Williams and, you know, I, I would imagine one of the quarterbacks should be there if it's a one quarterback league for the time being. Worst case scenario, you just take the falling value on Malik Neighbors or whatever, because he would probably be there if the quarterbacks are going highly. So definitely uh, in a good spot. Uh, Eagles defensive tackle Jordan Davis submits a team here. Um, <laughs> not actually him, but his name is Jordan <laughs> Davis. 12 team. PPR, six point per passing touchdown, super flex league. Uh, Lamar Jackson is the main quarterback with, you know, nothing really else going on there. Mac Jones, the unfortunately, the Patriots. out of favor. Uh, Bijan, Javante Williams, Tajay Spears, Algier, Ty Chandler, Strong pretty core. well-built running back core. Debo Samuel, Zay Flowers, Romeo Dobbs, uh, Pop Douglas, a couple other guys, Deontay Johnson buried <laughs> down there, Wondell Robinson buried there as well. Nothing really going on at tight end, but we got a hell of a haul of draft picks here. Three ones in 2025. 102, 103, 107, 109, 111, 202, 203, 208. So pretty surprising how well this roster is built already, given the draft capital that you have. Yeah, and, and real quick, it was just funny how he, Debo Samuel, Zay Flowers, Romeo Dubs, Jake Bobo's name comes up. I'm not saying that guy's name. All jokes aside, though, yeah, like you, you position this team extremely well, having that type of iron bank, having those type of assets already on the roster. Like, I would expect that type of pick haul for literally a team with maybe one top two round startup assets. So the fact that you have Bijan, the fact that you have Lamar, the fact that you have the depth that you have, very, very strong start. Um, he does have listed here some uh, trades he made from the startup throughout the season. So first off the bat, I don't know what this ended up equating to in terms of uh, the players you picked here, but he sends the 54th overall pick and pick 91 in exchange for 97, 169, the 109, and a 2025 I don't know what pick that is. I'm assuming maybe let's just say it's a second because it's says 2025.00.00. Um, the 109 give I mean, or he has take, extra ones. It might have been a first. If if that if you got a first from that, yeah, sign me the hell up. Right off the bat, I mean the the 2024.109 probably goes around pick uh, pick 54, if not a little bit later, right? Yeah, it probably goes later than pick 54. Yeah, I would imagine it's probably closer between halfway of 54 and 91, give or 70. take. But uh. 70? Regardless, I think I, I actually I think he got two ones here. I think that's what happened because pick 54, if you think about it, we're talking like a fifth round starter pick and a seventh round starter pick for like a later seventh round starter pick, a like 12th round starter pick and two ones. That sounds about right to me. Like, I don't think I would like I would love the, the future rookie picks in that situation. But for a casual fantasy player looking to move up the draft board, that sounds about right. Yeah, no, 100%. And I mean, this next deal has materialized like fine wine for you uh, in a super flex start 10 league. Getting off of Deshaun Watson before the season and getting Matthew Stafford, the 102, the 202, and a 2025 second. And obviously, the guy who traded for Deshaun Watson here obviously doesn't think his pick's going to end up 102. So basically, at the time, it was Deshaun Watson for Stafford, a one and two twos. It just ended up hitting the absolute nuts you could have possibly imagined when you made this deal. <laughs> yeah, these are fun. These the, when these oh, materialize, yeah. like I remember I sold it's funny because Matthew Stafford was in my deal as well. I sold Matthew Stafford and James Conner for two ones and a two, and both firsts ended up being top three picks. <sighs> so like it's really fun when that materializes in your favor. Not fun on the other end. <laughs> like I, I literally spent one of the picks on CJ Stroud, which was yeah. hilarious. So well, that, well, I mean, uh, speaking, that ended up being really funny. He didn't keep Matthew Stafford for too long. Let's equate this right now. Let's just say at the time, Tony Pollard and Khalil Herbert. I mean, Tony, like, like, let's just talk about it right now. Actually, Tony Pollard more or less equals the twenty, uh, the two hundred two, give or take. I mean, at the you time, would... he was probably worth a late first because it was before the season. Yeah, fair. Uh, so, I mean, let's just say Herbert and Pollard equals the two hundred two in the second. Sure. Okay. So then, at that point, you basically got Matthew Stafford in the one hundred two, and then traded Matthew Stafford for Lamar Jackson. So you got Lamar Jackson in the one hundred two for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, this is um. <laughs> 
I mean, I, I don't even really have to say what you need to do going forward because it's very clear that you know what you're doing. Uh, Eagles defensive tackle, Jordan Davis. So oh, yeah. Good um, work. if I was, if I was in your spot, dude, like you have, you have a pretty well-built run. Like Go your running fun. back core is legit ready to compete already, to be honest. And once you add quarterbacks to this team, along with Lamar Jackson, you can compete with this thing, dude. I would not be just spending your rookie picks and going on my merry way. I'm exhausting the veteran market as well and seeing how much does it cost you to get Kyler Murray? How much does it cost you to get Trevor Lawrence? How much does it cost you to get, you know, buy low wide receivers like Jamar Chase or whatever? Like, yeah. Go out on the veteran market, see what the the guys are looking for. Look at their rosters. Are they rebuilding teams? If somebody's rebuilding and they have Trevor Lawrence and, you know, uh, Drake London on their team or whatever, they might just want rookie picks. You might be able to give them 107 and a, one of your 2025 ones for Trevor Lawrence and Drake London. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah like, like those are the types of moves I would make. It might cost uh, more, I would look but... to make, but if you in, are intent on spending your rookie picks, 102, I mean, you add Marvin to this team. 103, you probably Great. add QB2 to this team. 107, and uh, I would be fine adding Brock Rome. Bowers considering your tight end position yeah, or Romo Dunze, whatever ends up falling to you. 109 and 111, I'm 100% okay with packaging both up together to try and get another top four pick or top five pick. Yeah, like you said, I'm not spending all of these picks. Like, there is no way in heck that, what is that, five, eight, nine players are getting added to my team in this rookie draft. Go have some fun, man. Go shopping for some big fish. Now, you might be wondering, okay, well, like, what can I do? Can the 103 plus the 111 get you Justin Herbert? Can the 107 plus the 202 get you, I don't know, Jameer Gibbs? Like, go go have some fun. I mean, even like Tajay Spears. If you want to add Tajay Spears plus the 107 and that somehow gets you Jameer Gibbs, maybe you have to add like the 208 on it to get it done. Like, go bar uh, go shopping, not for bargains. But for legit hammers, even if you have to spend a little bit of value, no value that you spend, like maybe it's 110% on the dollar, is going to make up for the fact that you got Matthew Stafford and turned him into Lamar Jackson pretty much from Deshaun Watson. Yeah, the nice thing is that you've already accumulated so much value in your trades that yes. your worst case fallback scenario is you just spend all your rookie picks. So yeah. you can kind of pick and uh, choose which you, what deals you want to do. If you're in a, the guy who has Trevor Lawrence's DMs and he wants 107 and 103 for Trevor Lawrence, like obviously you tell him to pound sand. But if you can get Trevor Lawrence for 107 and 202, and that's a bargain in your eyes, and it would be a bargain in my eyes, then yeah, go make a move yeah, like absolutely. that. And then maybe you just want to spend the rest of your rookie picks. Like maybe that's the only pick you do. And you're like, hey, I got 102 and 103. I'm going to take Marvin Harrison, trade down from 103 to 105 and take Malik Neighbors. And we're going to have this thing rocking and rolling by 2025. I'm going to draft, you know, Brock Bowers at a different pick or something like that. You have so much flexibility. And like Danny said, you could just get to have fun with this team. Yeah. I mean, like legitimately speaking, if you don't, if you don't act in a way knowing that 2024 you're going to be able to contend, you're playing your cards wrong here because you have such a strong nucleus in the start 10 league to be able to throw those picks into some absolute hammers. You had like one or two legit difference making players on this team this year. I think you're going to be a top four team right off the bat. Yeah, absolutely. And you can use some of your other lower end assets to try and move around as well. Like if somebody, uh, you know, there's a buy low receiver that goes for about a late first round pick price tag or whatever, and you want to send Romeo Dobbs in the 202 for that player, then you can do that. Like you can use yeah. some of those other lower end guys as well to make moves. So again, go have fun, man. Go shopping on people's rosters, uh, mark off the players that you're interested in, send them some DMs, whatever you got to do. This one should be very, very fun for you. So uh, let's move on to the next team of the video here. We got Sammy's team. This is a best ball format, 12 team. Full PPR, half tight end premium, super flex league. Again, it is best ball, so you don't have to yep. choose when to start and sit your players. Joe Burrow, Bryce Young, Aiden O'Connell is the quarterback. Zach Charbonnet, Jalen Warren, Tajay Spears, a couple good upside running backs there. Uh, Drake London, Tank Dell, uh, Quint Johnson, Demario Douglas, Kate Otten, Greg Dolchich at tight end. Does have an iron bank full of picks, though. 102, 104, 106, 202. Bunch of third rounders, an extra one in 2025, an extra two in 2025, an extra three in 2025 as well. So again, pretty similarly built team. Maybe not quite as good as the last one, but um, just a nice young nucleus of a couple players and a lot of rookie picks. Yeah, and I'm curious. Uh, so uh, actually, uh, Sammy is in uh, the last league best ball, so... I just want to check if it, no, okay, no, it is a different best ball league. So I had to quickly check on that. Yeah, I mean, Sammy's a sharp player. You have a lot of really good solid assets here with Joe Burrow, with Drake London, with Tank Dell, and with that pick collection. And 
I mean, overall thoughts, just keep adding to this team. Uh, for the most part, you have a lot of needle moving potential assets to add, and then you're going to be able to enter a house money window with that 2025 draft, having the first, uh, which is your own, I'm assuming, since you don't have a label next to it and also having an extra mid first, early second and uh, late second banked up too. I, I think people who play in dynasty best ball leagues would be very well advised to, to just stack up third round picks when possible, because yeah. you never know when you're going to hit on a tank Dell or you're going to hit on a Puka Nakua, or even if you're going to hit on a guy that just gives you a couple weeks here and there, like third round picks in best ball formats are, are very underrated asset because your roster needs volume in best ball. You just need guys that can make your lineup. So, you know, I know he didn't really work out yet, but a prospect like Jalen Hyatt, who went in like the third round of a dynasty rookie draft, like they actually become kind of valuable in dynasty best ball because you know, in the future they can give you spike weeks and stuff like that. So again, those third round picks might not seem like a lot, 302, 304, 306, 310, but I mean, you, you throw some hammers at Jacob Cowing and Roman Wilson, Malik Washington or whatever, they can make your lineup yeah. at wide receiver a couple weeks each year. And, uh, they definitely are underrated in best ball formats. So, uh, looking at some of Sammy's trades, cause he doesn't actually really leave any actual questions here. He did make a big trade on August 11th. He sold off Nico Collins, Will Levis, and Damian Pierce for a 2024 first, which became the 106, a 2025 second, which he projects to be early, and Greg Dolchich. So a little bit of a mixed bag in terms of what happened to those assets throughout the season. August Obviously, 11th Collins was made. definitely went up a lot in value, which hurts you. Damian Pierce went down a lot in value, so maybe that's a wash with those two Texans players. And I would say Will Levis probably gained a little bit of value as well. Yeah, I mean, if we're equating this uh, at the time, I'm assuming maybe you uh, like Nico Collins, like he didn't really show much. Uh, obviously, he had, you know, some signs like if you looked into his peripherals and looked at into his potential role, like there's a reason why he was, for example, on my sleepers video. But like nobody, like even if you're a big Nico Collins guy, could have envisioned the type of rise that he's seen potentially being a top 15 overall dynasty wide receiver. And then with Will Levis at that time, he probably went in the second round of your rookie draft. So Process-wise, cashing in on a bunch of unknown for a first, for a second, and for a young tight end that we thought coming into this year could potentially be a dynasty tight end one. Love the process. It's just sometimes even when the process moves, the 25% of the time, you lose on that because volatility still happens, variance still happens in the NFL. Yeah, you were very close to nailing this deal. If Nico yeah. Collins was just what we thought he was coming into the year, which was just this upside guy that really hadn't reached his full potential yet, you would have crushed this guy in this deal yeah. for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, uh, and that's with Greg Dolchich having an injury riddled year. Like if he comes back and he like, let's just say he goes in year three, he becomes Pat Fryermuth as an asset, then you're probably in a much better position. I mean, I, I think he can even be better. Bo Nix getting added to the team, potentially, you know, Sean Payton running the offense, more efficient quarterback play. I can see him having a really big bounce back year on what could be a, a much more depleted wide receiver court. If they move on from Sutton, if they move on for Jerry Judy, uh, because I like, as much as I like the upside of Marvin Mims, I don't think he can be the number one pass catcher next year. Like I think Greg Dolchich can be. Yeah, for sure. That would make some sense. Um, yeah. Other moves that he made here uh, on September 20th, he sold off Zeke, sure. Josh Reynolds, Kylan Grant. Yeah. Again, that those guys don't seem like a sure. lot, but in a best ball format, Zeke and Josh Reynolds yeah. actually were kind of decent this year. Uh, and then a 310 and a 2025 third. Again, fine move. Again, decent process like move. You actually probably lost this. I would say I think Josh Reynolds and ah. Zeke actually gave uh, whoever you traded them to decent weeks, but you got that production off of your team, which I'm assuming is what you're trying to do. I don't know though. Cause I mean, if we're looking at, you know, third rounds of let's just say Tony 23, like let's just say that was a 2023 third and a 2025 third. What if that third was like Jaden Reed? Or what if that third was like some of those young tight ends, like a talker craft or something like that at that point, it's like, okay, well, are you really fretting about losing Zeke? If you're not in a full competing window, no, I, I'm fine getting that production off my team. So I actually really like this move from a process standpoint. Yeah, not bad. Uh, like I said, re-rolling into third round picks is definitely something that's smart in best ball formats because production pieces like this are really easy to acquire. So next deal, Danny is, um, you know, shaking, going, holy crap, how did you do this? This one actually occurred after the season was over. So on January 25th, he trades away Christian Watson, the 112 and the 205 for Tank Dell and a mid-2025 first. So Smash. No idea how you pulled this off, man. Like this must have been Christian Watson, Truther Central that you traded this to, because Tank Dell is worth. A we lot like more Watson right now. We like Watson, but I mean, if I can get off the risk profile of Christian Watson and go to Tank Dell right now, and all it cost me is the one twelve and the two hundred five for a mid 25 first, sign me the hell up. Like you can make the case that 
the differential between Christian Watson and Tank Dell is much higher than the 205, and I would rather have the mid-first than the 112. I think I think it's pretty reasonable to say that Christian Watson in the 112 is worth Tank Dell. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, you're taking the 25 first uh, as a pick upgrade there regardless. Anyway, you slice it, man. That guy has to be like Christian Watson's brother or something, to be honest. Yeah, this is a this is a brutal trade for him. So definitely great move so far. Continue doing oh, yeah. what you're doing. I mean, you got a lot of draft picks. Again, you're going to be looking to add a high end talent to your team. Similar to what we said for the last team, if you want to go bargain hunting on a Kyler Murray, or if you want to go bargain hunting on you know X wide receiver that's going for, I mean, you already did it with Tank Dell. So if you, you're already comfortable doing it, then you can continue doing that. But again, you're not in a position quite yet to push the chips into the middle. So I'd be careful about how many assets you're giving up. That would be the only thing I would caution you on because you have a lot of assets to deal with and if you just spent all your rookie picks this year you're going to be in a, a pretty good like house money situation yeah no i completely agree i mean sammy again we're, we're he's in the last league best ball he's a sharp manager uh, i believe he made the semifinals this year so uh, i know you got a good head on your shoulders and judging from the trades you're going to be able to do some more magic with this team especially given the setup that you have i mean we'll, we'll quickly breeze through 102 104 106 like you're just adding at that point quantity at wide receiver and one more quarterback i would say and I mean, if a deal materializing where somebody wants to overpay for one of those in a dynasty best ball, I'm much more willing to move off one of those top picks than I would be in a lineup league. Yeah, for sure. So we can uh, move on to the last team in the video here, which is from Josh Slats. Looking at the quarterback core, I mean, it's Josh Allen, and I'm assuming that's Justin Fields that he has yeah. listed there. Um, and then Felipe Franks. Back, you got Pollard, Stevenson, Khalil Herbert, Algier, Damian Harris, wide receivers, Puka Nakua, Michael Pittman, uh, T. Higgins, Jerry Judy, Michael Wilson, Elijah Moore, a couple other guys there. And then at tight end, you got George Kittle with Tucker Craft and some other dudes, plus the 102, plus the 105, the 110, 206, 311, and a first in 2025 and an extra one in 2026 as well. So again, Another similarly built team to the last couple yeah. that we've looked at, except I would say this one's got even maybe a stronger foundation because you have those top two quarterbacks. You have a couple young upside receivers and uh, you do actually have some running backs that present some decent buy low opportunities if you wanted to hold them up until maybe even the start of the season. Because I think if you're looking for productive running backs right now, I don't think you could do worse than Pollard and Ramondre Stevenson on the open market. I agree. Uh, like the, it's funny because like they're like the cost-controlled competing pieces that we talked about. You know, last year potentially getting, and you have them on this team as well as a lot of uh, picks in the bank. On top of potentially being able to make a deal that I would smash yesterday if it's available to me, getting the 103, the 106, and the 203 in exchange for giving up the 102, the 110, and the 206. Like in this type of for, uh, like situation, having Fields, having Allen, like you're really indifferent about potentially getting Marvin or potentially getting a guy like Drake may. The reason why I say that is with Justin Fields, then if you get Drake may, you could potentially get the one Oh four plus for it or the one Oh six plus for it at that point and potentially bank in a 2025 one, depending on how high your league is on Justin Fields. So you have the affordability where you're upgrading from the one ten to the one Oh six. And that's much more of a difference in my opinion than downgrading quote unquote from the one Oh two to the one Oh three. Cause I view Drake may and Marvin Harrison as similarly tiered assets. Yeah, you also get a slight upgrade in the second round with the 203 right. over the 206 as well. So yeah, I think it's a good move. I mean, would Marvin Harrison be a better fit for your team than Drake yeah. May? Probably. I think he would be. And it's possible too. like, again, monitor consensus. Because I'm going to keep saying this with every team that we talk about, but the 105 actually might be Drake May's market value. Like even though we value Drake May as 102, 103, it's possible that some people are going to be able to get him that late. So yeah. another move that you could potentially make too is if Jane Daniels is the consensus 103 or consensus 102 or whatever, you might still get Marvin by moving down in this deal. Or you could sell off Jaden Daniels if you're not high on him, or you could just take him if you are high on him. Whatever the case is, I think face value, you have to agree that getting the 106 upgrade from 110 and the 203 upgrade from the 206 is worthwhile in this deal. Yeah, and I mean, at that point, maybe like, let's just say it's after the NFL draft, you're high on Drake, but you're hearing that your league mates may let him fall to the 104, the 105 area. Well, at that point, if somebody really wants to move up, let's just say they much prefer Jaden Daniels to him, which... I've seen some people talk about on Twitter. I've seen some people talk about on YouTube. Can you get the 104 plus a second round pick to move down from the 103? Like, I feel like that's a deal that you can make. And then at that point, you'll have the 104, the 105, the 106 to be able to add Drake May, uh, uh, Mar uh, Marvin, uh, Malik Neighbors, and then your choice of Brock Bowers, probably not in this situation, or Romo Dunze, probably the player that you'd be taking at 106. 
Yeah, you got a lot of flexibility, which is nice. Oh, yeah. He also um, does have listed here. It is uh, being voted to move to a tight end premium in 2025. Oh. So again, maybe Brock Bowers becomes a little bit more appealing, even that situation. He does have strong IDPs to be competitive as well. So we didn't mention it is an IDP format. Um, he said, what moves or players would you target this offseason to compete next year? So if he wanted to push yeah. his chips in, I actually do think it's possible that you I can agree. compete with this team once you make some moves. The other thing that I didn't even really mention is if you make this trade for the 103 and the 106, you could just sell those picks for veterans if you wanted veterans. to. Like, if you're like, hey, I was dead set on Marvin Harrison at 102, um, but this guy wants Marvin, so he's going to give me 103, 106, and the 203 or whatever, you might be able to just sell 103 for Garrett Wilson. And you're like, okay, the, the difference between Marvin Harrison and Garrett Wilson isn't large, but I needed another receiver, so I went out and got another receiver, but I pocketed the 106, 110 move up. And the other way to play it is, if this guy offering you this deal to move up from 103 to 102 is the only one showing significant interest in the 102, that's one thing. You could take the deal. But if this is pretty much reflected in your league where your league mates view Marvin Harrison may, as maybe potentially being in that elite tier first round overall startup pick with C.D. Lamb, with uh, Jamar Chase, with Justin Jefferson, then at that point, it's like, can you get a Justin Jefferson haul for the 102? Can you get a Jamar Chase haul for the 102? Can you get a C.D. Lamb type of haul for the 102? That's the other way to approach it. It really just depends on your league sentiment on the 102 versus the 103. Because judging from the offer you got, it really feels like people are going to be interested with getting Marvin Harrison Jr. based off that hype. Yeah, the only sketchy thing about potentially like pushing your chips in to try and compete or whatever is that, you know, you don't have the greatest running back core to try and compete, but I do yeah. think the rest of your roster is well set up. So if you can get good value on potentially a hammer running back to go, because like if you, if you had Jonathan Taylor in addition to the rest of your running backs, I'd be fine trying to compete with this thing. Maybe, it, maybe at the, the 103 move down, you move up to 106 or whatever, you send the 103 away, let's say for Garrett Wilson or Garrett Wilson plus even potentially. And at 106, you're like, hey, I'm not really a huge Odunze fan. Somebody wants to come and get Bowers or something because it's moving to a super uh, uh, to a tight end premium. Maybe you can sell the 106 and go up and grab Jonathan Taylor, or go up and grab even potentially B. John Robinson, Brees Hall, or Jameer Gibbs or something like that. So again, make sure whatever moves you end up making are in alignment with whatever goal you're doing. If you decide, hey, it's probably smart to uh, let this one rebuild out for one more year, maybe you move off of Pollard and Stevenson, see what you can get for them and reload. Maybe it's best that, you know, there's not a lot of teams competing. You try and push your chips into the middle here. And you make a move like that. He does have a couple trades listed here that we can just breeze through. Russell Wilson, a second and four of six for 102. I mean, that guy is dumb. He thought he was getting the, you know, a late first rounder for Russell Wilson. That's what the trade he was. It was in his mind when he made it, right? He was trading his late first rounder for Russell Wilson, a second and four of six. That pick became 102 because Russell Wilson was not the type of needle moving asset that he was hoping that he was buying. And that's why when I'm buying assets like Russell Wilson and our assets like, you know, an RB2 or assets like an older wide receiver, we always say, can you add on to a second? Can you add a young player plus a pick? Can you do that type of structure? Because I never want to give up first round liquidity for those type of assets, knowing that this is the downside that can happen. I've seen too many times in my life, people trading away a late first round pick for an aging quarterback thinking, though, this is going to take my team over the top. And that team ends up not making the playoffs. And that pick is valued much higher than what that quarterback would have been. However, if you had given up uh, the second and maybe, you know, I don't know, a young wide receiver, like let's just say going into the year, Elijah Moore, Elijah Moore plus a second for Russell Wilson. Well, then at this point, you're like, okay, I probably lost the deal because Russell Wilson may not start next year, but you're not giving up the 102. <laughs> yeah, like you gave up Marvin Harrison for this deal. Like, that's brutal. That's absolutely brutal. Yeah. So, uh, well, I mean, you didn't give up Marvin Harrison. The guy that made the trade with you gave up Marvin Harrison. But uh, he sold off the 106 for Puka Nakua in a 2026 first. He actually says he regrets this deal. I would not regret this deal one bit, dude. Like, Puka Nakua is worth more than the 106 by himself. So you pocketed a free first round. Yeah, so I guess what happened is he had the 106 and the 110, and he thought the guy who ended up with 106, which is himself, would have finished higher than the guy who ended up losing in the semi. So, yeah, you missed out on a little bit of value, but at the end of the day, there's no sugarcoat in the fact he got Puka in a first for the 106, and I would take Puka over the 106. Yeah, I made a similar deal where I, I was trading for Kenneth Walker during the season because I was a house money team, and I thought I was trading away the first that was going to end up the latest of the first that I had. And that first ended up being one Oh six. So I was like, ah, crap. Yeah. I traded the one Oh six for Kenneth Walker and a couple other pieces in a dynasty best ball league. 
but it could have been worse. Like, I mean, I could have not gotten that production from Kenneth Walker that I, I needed and he's still worth a decent amount, but sometimes this happens where you just misjudge how your trajectory of your first round pick 100%. is going to end up working out. So regardless, you still won the trade, uh, Joe Flacco in a fourth for the three eleven. whatever. I mean, I'm assuming you just sold Flacco because that guy needed quarterback production. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, judging from the team, like, I have no reason to believe that you wouldn't think your team would be competing higher potentially than the other team's pick. I'm assuming you probably had a ton of points. You probably got unlucky with some matchups and maybe you missed the playoffs by one spot. Hence being the one Oh six, the last spot that doesn't make it. Yeah, for sure. So I would say I wouldn't be too hard on yourself. You've built a pretty strong team here and you got a yep. lot of flexibility still. So keep at it. Uh, Josh, you're obviously another uh, faithful submitter to dynasty decisions very often. So we know what you know. We know that you know what you're doing. So um, if you guys did enjoy this video, if you want your team featured on future dynasty decisions episodes, you guys know what to do. Head on down to the link in the description, the link in the pinned comment, flockfantasy.com, promo code FSE. You have to use our promo code to get first priority to these episodes. We do have a very large queue of free teams, unfortunately, right now. I would love to say, hey, we're going to get to all of your free teams very soon, but we prioritize our Flock uh, subscribers when they submit. So if th if they're all submitting teams and we got a couple of them in the queue right now as well, it's impossible really for us to get to the free submissions because those guys are, are subscribers of our site. And again, that's not the only benefit that you get when you sign up on the site as well. You also get all of our rankings. You get access to the Dynasty Trade Calculator. Our Dynasty tools are coming very, very soon. Our draft guide's coming out on Monday. There's a ton that you get for signing up on Flock Fantasy. Dynasty Decisions Priority is just one of the features. So definitely check that out if you guys are interested, if you want to be on the next episode. Like this video if you enjoyed. Comment down below any of your thoughts. Subscribe if you're new around here. All that good stuff. But with that being said, peace out and we'll talk to you soon.